Welcome to Quilting Business Success, the podcast where we interview quilters just like you who have turned their passion for quilting into a profitable long-arm quilting business. I'm your host, Andrew Weaver, and in each episode we'll bring you stories of quilters who have the same doubts and fears that every quilter has when they think about pursuing their quilting dreams. But these quilters moved forward anyway, despite their fears, and today you'll hear their stories. All right. Well, uh, welcome to Quilting Business Success. I am Andrew, and this is Bobby, and we are here with a couple of quilters who are going to share their stories with us. Wow, Bobby, that's the best intro I have ever done. Episode <laughs> 21 already rocks. This guy. Okay. <laughs> well, we're glad to have you guys here. Um, we have joining us today after that fantastic introduction. Uh, we, Amy, I didn't even, how do you pronounce your last name? Matthias. Matthias. Okay. We've got Amy Matthias and Sandra Austin joining us uh, today. And uh, each of them are going to be sharing a little bit about their own experiences and insight with uh, their quilting businesses. And Andrew, I'm going to let you pick who's going to go first here. I think we tonight, let's start with Sandra and then uh, we'll go about a half of an hour uh, is how long it takes. And then we'll switch gears to Amy. But uh, as we're going, certainly um, it's not uh, uh, it's not just uh, you have to sit there and wait until we finish and get to you. Uh, we would love to have your input along the way uh, as it. Mike. Yeah, if you got something to say, Amy, while we're uh, talking with Sandra, feel free to jump it, jump right in. And when we go to Amy, same with you, Sandra. Feel free to contribute to the conversation there. Mm -hmm. Great. You know, you know what? We should have uh, most of the people joined that are going to be joining. But while we give them a couple more seconds, I just want to point out that um, you can you may be listening or watching. Uh, people might be listening or watching live. And if you're live, there's a Q&A down at the bottom. You can click on that and type in a question. And, uh, and we if, will see it. Well, if or when we notice it. Uh, we will we'll, probably see it, yes. Yeah, we will read your question and see if we can get it answered. It, it may be obvious who you've addressed the question to, but it has been helpful to us where people will say, I have a question for Sandra, and then type out what you want. And then the other thing is that for those that are listening on a recording, um, YouTube is a great way to um, listen, listen to them. You don't have to actually watch. As a matter of fact, I recommend not watching if I'm on the screen. Um, but <laughs> this guy. <laughs> but, Both uh, jokes today. But, on the, but you can also use any of the podcasting platforms. So if you know how podcasts work and you have the the app on your phone or whatever you can search for quilting business success and it will come up and um anyway so though that's a way that you can go back and catch all those other episodes from the past so um sandra first question for you is where are you from where is home rayville missouri rayville is not a very big place but it's a place where i made a business we live here um built the quilt shop right here on the farm how far are you from west plains missouri mm, i don't know mile wise probably a couple three hours away okay up, up north east of kansas city ah so the question that i had was whether it was a kind of a rural area or if it's more very. it's very rural okay yeah we're 10 miles to the closest uh dollar general <laughs> Gotcha. <laughs> that, these days, that's one of the primary measurements there. How close are you to the Dollar General? So, um, Sandra, how, how long have you been uh, doing long arming? Uh, going on 20 years. And what made you decide to start doing that? I hand quilted one quilt and decided there was got to be a better way something that could go faster i had way more ideas in my head than i had time for hand quilting so so when you first when you first got a long arm uh did you get it for 
a, a business or just for your own personal use? Uh, when I very first was just for pleasure and frustration uh, because I started with a, she was a cousin to my mom. So whatever that would make her to me. And they did winters in Texas. And um, so one, one fall before they left, I said, Hazel, could I come over and play with your long arm while you're gone? And she said, well, I'll do you one better than that. We'll just have Jim bring it over and, and you can have it, you know, to play with. Well, it hadn't been used for a long time. It was an old kin quilt, mm. um, unstitch regulated. And I didn't even know how to thread the thing. So I had to figure it all out. So mm -hmm. It was a good experience. Yeah, that's uh, figuring it out by yourself. Uh, that is the kind of knowledge that stays with you. So somehow you got from that machine to a gamble. How how did that turn out? Well, uh, I think it was on Craigslist. I found a used one in St. Louis, and we took off with a flatbed and some straps and hauled it home. And then I was able to give Hazel hers back in mint condition because I by then I went through it pretty good and got it running good. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I had an Optimum Plus, um, just free motion. Right. Uh, so With stitch regulation, I, channel right. locks. Yep. So that was your first gamble was a, an Optimum Plus. Correct. Nice. And um, loved that for a lot of years, but I, I, I was challenged in the art department a little <laughs> to where I couldn't have as much creativity as the, some of the quilts needed. And then I stepped up to a Statler and then the hand guided set there unused. And uh, I told my husband, I thought we ought to go ahead and sell it, you know? And he said, well, it ain't eating no grass. So <laughs> in other words, it was paid for and, you know, but I was like, well, I need the room more than, than the second machine. I wasn't using that. And, and but now I have two Statlers, so mm -hmm. I keep both of those going. So how long has it been since when since you got the first uh, Statler? How long has it been since what? When you first got a Statler? Uh, there's been about ten years in between, I think. And then I just added a new Statler, so I bought my first new machine just last fall. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Thank you. We both appreciate that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so when you when you picked up that when you returned the Ken quilt and picked up your first gamble, um there were obviously different machines you could purchase, although on a secondhand market there's not as many choices. You know, you just have to kind of buy what you see advertised in the paper or wherever it was at the time. Did you, did you specifically choose the gamble or was that just what you kind of stumbled across? I specifically chose the gamble because I'd heard it was the best. So, you know, we like to drive a Lincoln, so <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> and did you find, did you find it was a better experience for you than that previous uh, long arm that you were using? A sight better, yeah. <laughs> if for nothing else, the stitch regulator, you know, made quite a lot of difference to me. But that makes a big difference. Uh, pe people nowadays don't know what it's like to stitch without a stitch regulator. Yeah. I got to where I was doing okay with it, but boy, I like the stitch regulator. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, um, how did you go from having? A machine to do just your own quilts to having a quilting business um teaching and having students and um i really like to help folks along you know and help them achieve what they want to do and so i i had some opportunities to teach and i'd teach them how to make a quilt and then i'd have a quilted quilt <laughs> so that helped a lot. I did a lot of quilt shows, um, promoting my by the yard quilt shop and and getting it to grow 
but along with that showed a lot of my quilts that I had quilted and that helped it grow. So before you were, before you started actually doing a lot of quilt quilting as a business, uh, were you, you were, you were teaching quilting? Uh, yes. Okay. So how did you, how did you get into that in, in the beginning? Um, lady from the church asked me if I would teach her to quilt and she had a girlfriend and, and so they came over to the house and we crowded into my daughter's bedroom where she had moved out and all my quilting stuff had moved in and, and it was a little crowded and, and we had a good day and, and they learned a lot. And then they was like, well, can we do this again next week? And I was like, yeah, but could, how about if we go up to the church and, and do it up there and they're like okay well let's ask people at church sunday if there's any one that wants to join us and i had like 25 students in <laughs> so we we had quilt class at church so. well, that's awesome that's that's a rather organic way to begin so that's that's <laughs> yeah that's great so um so when you first started you you started actually doing quilts for other people. Um, did that start out uh, rather uh, quickly or was it um, something that slowly grew? Um, fairly quickly, right off the bat, I jumped in with both feet and thought, okay, here we go. And every time I'd grab them handles, I'd be like, deep breath, go, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it was kind of scary to to start on somebody else's work that they had done and what if I mess it up you know but I found that I knew how to take out stitches when I did do something wrong and you learn how to do that just, early on don't you <laughs> the customers quite you know probably thought that I was a slow quilter <laughs> well about half of that time I was taking out stitches <laughs> oh. Yeah, they go in a lot quicker than they come out. A heck of a lot quicker. <laughs> um, so at what point did it did it become a quilting business for you? Because at first it was it was community, right? You got to know these ladies, they became your friends, you were mm -hmm. helping them, but at a certain point it did turn into a business. Where how long ago was that, would you say? Um 15 years ago or so. Okay. And, and were you employed outside the home at that point? And so juggling like a job and quilting or how we live on a farm your life balance. Well, we live on a farm and I help on the farm. I ride the tractors and help with the cattle and stuff like that when I'm needed. But um, now that he's retired, he, he don't need me as much in that. And, that's okay because I'm doing my own thing. <laughs> but I I dearly love quilting and it it isn't work. It's it's my pleasure. <laughs> so well, when you go from farm work to quilting, I I'm I can see there's probably quite a difference there. <laughs> so when you were able to um back off on having to do all the work there on the farm, uh you found that you were able to uh put more time into your, uh, your quilting? Yes. So if you had to guess how many hours a week you spend doing quilting for other people, now that you have, I think, three Statlers, if I counted correctly? Just two. Two. Okay, two, two Statlers. Keep counting. Yeah, well, that's all right. One upstairs and one downstairs. Keeps, you know, that's my exercise. Uh, that's, you know, that's good. That's good. That way you don't have to buy a treadmill. I know. No gym fees or nothing. So uh, how many hours a week are you quilting? Is it more or less full time or half? Yeah. Um, my day here is about a six hour day is all that I put in at the shop um, and I'm off too. So I don't know how many that adds up to, but mm -hmm. like 30, 30, 40 hours a week I'm here quilting. And if I have deadlines to meet and emergency baby quilts to get done I may be here on my days off putting one on and 
getting it done, you know, it don't take much to get one done. So. Emergency baby quilts. <laughs> so uh, these days, uh, do you do, uh, do you do primarily edge to edge? Do you do any, uh, any of the, uh, hand, hand guided at all? Nine tenths of it is edge to edge, but yes, I do custom and I, I'm not done with the custom until I'm done with the custom and it, it takes a long time. So, mm -hmm. so if somebody comes up with a custom quilt, you just pretty much let them know up front that, uh, it's, it it's not going to be right time. away. Yeah. And it takes some money. So uh, what is what are the rates? What's the going rate for your average edge-to-edge -edge quilt at this point? Two cents a square inch. Mm -hmm. It's a fairly common amount. So yeah. queen-size quilts are like 150, 180, something like that. Something in that range. And people ask me what, you know, what would a queen-size quilt come amount to amount to and I said well if it was 100 by 100 that'd be 200 dollars so is it smaller than 100 is it over 100 you know right, right. everybody's idea of a queen yeah. size is different so uh, uh about uh, how many quilts would you say you do uh like would you say at, uh, for the year per year I don't count them every year but uh, Good range. Well, maybe maybe by the week to, or by the month is a better question. Two to feet, two to two fifty a year. Mm -hmm. Quite a, a bit. Good amount, yeah. That's a few trips up and down those stairs. Yep. And I it anyway, yeah. So <laughs> have you fun. had um different uh like say your <clears throat> lowest uh quantity year uh versus the the most you've made uh in a year um have you had like some some years that have been like really slow versus uh the ones where you've done more i've never lacked for work if that's what you mean um yeah they have increased but steadily and as my capabilities get better, I can get more done more quicker. So what was your experience uh, going through the uh, the COVID time period? Did that affect your business at all? Um, it slowed me down a little. I got some projects done that I was wanting to do. And got the, some of your own stuff, yeah. I've got a granddaughter that is an organizer and I'm kind of creative and I'm a little messy and she wanted to come in and organize for me because she wasn't having school and she was done with her schoolwork by 10 o'clock. And so she came up here and tore the shop apart and reorganized all of the shelves and categorized them. And every bolt of fabric on the shelf has a number and a letter assigned to it that's attached to the computer so that if we get an online order, asking for that blue bowl, you know, it will be on that shelf. So I think she's proud of her granddaughter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I bet that level of organization might not have happened uh, if it, it was left up to you. huh? It wouldn't have. And, <laughs> but that she wanted to know what my biggest problem was. And that was my biggest problem. When I'd get an online order, I might waste 30 minutes looking for that one bolt of fabric and so she solved it for me and we've been successful to keep it in you know in that same routine that many years since 2020 so how old was your granddaughter when she did that uh 16 nice yeah she's going places i i predict tell her tell her that we said she did a fantastic job well, she'll probably hear you. <laughs> so, Sandra, what's been the hardest part for you for growing your business? And the the quilting end of it or the fabric end? Well, I was thinking the quilting end, but uh, where? Well, I don't know. <laughs> you answer how you feel. 
okay. Um, the quilting side of it would be that confidence in myself to get on that quilt and be able to turn it out and be proud of it. So, Was that primarily at the beginning where yeah. you felt the most? Yeah, I've... Yeah. I've come a long way. So, mm -hmm. well, and with a hand guided machine, that there's a lot of pressure, right? Because every every swoosh and every uh, every feather, if it lines up or doesn't line up, is kind of all on your shoulders. I know people feel a lot more pressure with the hand guided than, mm -hmm. than with the computer. Yeah, I believe that. And you, uh, so, have you found that the technology that's available today like with the statler uh what what kind of difference has that made uh compared to the your hand guided days the cloud is awesome to be able to find the pattern that you're needing when you need it um to buy the pattern so easily that's dangerous so <laughs> <laughs> And the uh, one thing that I will say that's very beneficial about uh, the pattern cloud and I run in working in tech support, I run into this a lot of times with uh, people who maybe have an older system or the previous before we had the pattern cloud. Mm -hmm. If if their computer were to become fried or something, they uh, potentially could lose all of their patterns. But if you have the pattern cloud, you're no matter what happens, your patterns are still saved uh, in the cloud. So mm -hmm. that's a big benefit for a lot of people. Yes. Mm -hmm. So um, who's been your biggest cheerleader and your support system as you have uh, built your quilting business these last 20 years? On a daily basement, on a base basement, <laughs> on a daily basis, my husband, my family, my kids, my grandkids. Yeah. They all support you in this. Yes. Yeah, I'm picking up. There's a lot of family involved in this, in, the, in your life. Well, my son-in-law built my building for me. It took him two and a half years. I had to be patient. I wasn't real patient sometimes and I was fussing about it and my husband said, well, throw some money at it. It'll go quicker. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll be patient. <laughs> yes. So what kind of uh, impact would you say, Sandra, the, just the having this business money and control of your own personal time schedule what what kind of difference would you say that uh, has made in your life? It's made my heart full. Oh. Her answers are to the point. That's mm -hmm. that's that is great. Mm -hmm. The um, some of the quilts that come through the door and some of the people that you meet, they just have a quilt that needs to be done. But there are some that for, you know, the situation or whatever, they touch you very deeply. And um, it helps us to remember that the, that sometimes the work we do is really important to people. It is. It's and sometimes it's, a it's legacy. just a quilt. It's a legacy that they're building yes. also. So Sandra, the the people that you know there's a lot of people watching this and and some people are thinking about uh starting a business some people are in maybe in the beginning stages or or further on is there anything that you wish somebody would have told you when you first started on this path to be funny it's addictive <laughs> I didn't realize how addictive when I started it so there's no quitting there's no retiring because I couldn't give this up for nothing addictive but in a good way yeah so in you don't need yeah. like a recovery program or anything from this well, we could have it <laughs> quilters anonymous or something <laughs> <laughs> 
Yep. Um, I I actually, uh, when you first had told us about the couple ladies that came over and you were just quilting in a bedroom and then uh, it moved to the church, um, at that moment I was thinking about the addictive nature of quilting but um, a lot of it, some of it is the quilting and some of it is the the community um, of people. A lot of, I, I have achieved more friends than I've had in a lifetime in, in my business world. So, mm -hmm. yeah, my customers are my friends now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's the real deal. And that's that's every that's probably more important than the uh, artistic outlet itself. Your connection yeah, with others. There's that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. it is a great artistic outlet. So. Mm -hmm. I didn't know I had it in me until it come out. Mm -hmm. That's why your heart is full. You you're fulfilled in more areas than than just one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, if, uh, if you were talking with somebody today who was the 20 years ago version of you uh, who was thinking about doing this, do you, do you believe that she could if she wanted to? What encouragement would you give that person? If I can do it, she can do it. If she wants to. Mm -hmm. But with God on your side, you can't lose. So I'm, I'm right where God wants me to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that, that is, that is fantastic. We can tell by talking to you that there is a, uh, there's a fulfillment. It's not just a job, but there's a fulfillment that this life has, uh, brought to your life well, and... i felt that emptiness as the kids moved away after graduation and so on that now what what am i going to do with the rest of my life how can i matter to something you know so mm. i think and that's a pretty common thing that people go through yeah mm -hmm. So it's been real healthy for me. Well, that's great. Uh, Sandra, I, I really appreciate you sharing your story uh, with us. And uh, I, I can tell you, I know for a fact, there's a lot of people out there that have um, been watching you and hearing, hearing what you've said on this program tonight. And I, I know it's been an inspiration uh, to a lot of people. So thank you for, for sharing that with us. Glad to. Thanks for inviting me. And we want you to stay on with us. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna move over and uh, start talking to Amy, uh, Sandra. If there's anything that uh, you you know want to add to the conversation, you just you just we're just like we're at home. You just speak up. You know if you have something to add. But um, we're gonna move over to Amy Matthias. And Amy, where are you located? Where's home for you? Oh, home for me is Cypress, Texas, and that's about an hour northwest of Houston. Okay. And how long have you been doing this uh, long-arming thing? Um, well, as a business, just since 2019. Um, prior to that, I kind of got into this with t-shirt quilts. No, a lot of quilters don't like t-shirt quilts. Yeah, a lot um, of people don't, yeah. No, but it started... We have a son who was a competitive swimmer, and I made the mistake of telling all the other moms, you know, his their senior year, if you hold on to their shirts, you know, bring them to me and I'll make quilts. And I kind of regretted that because it ended <laughs> up making eight that year before I think they brought them to me in January and wanted them by graduation. Um, so I didn't have the ability to quilt them myself. So I would use other long armors, which was fine, but, you know, I had to pay them and, you know, wasn't really making any money on that side of things. Um, 
Then later, there was a business that opened up that rented machines by the hour. So I did that for a while. And that's when I saw the people coming in and she couldn't, she couldn't keep up. There was just a lot of demand. And I thought, you know, I think I could really do this. Um, so that's kind of what got me really looking into buying my own long arm. So you started out, uh, that first incident was you made the quilt tops with those t-shirts and took them to a quilter. Right. Okay. And then you, uh, went to a rental shop and got a little hands-on experience. Yep. And they weren't Gamble's. It was a different brand. Um, but you know, Gamble was always the, you know, the Cadillac. And, um, so when it came time to really shop around and buy one, I mean, I looked two different places and Gamble was by far the best. So mm -hmm. that's why I chose the Gamble. And you already had a little bit of that, uh, little taste of that addiction that Sandra was talking about. That was kicking sure. in. So you had some motivation going on there. I did. And I had a lot of my own quilt tops too, that, you know, you kind of pick and choose which ones you want to go get quilted first, you know, where do you want to spend the money? So I had kind of a backlog of my own projects too. So the first six months after I got my machine, I just concentrated on mine, learned the software and um, just pretty much did my own projects, a lot of charity projects for my quilt guild um, until I felt comfortable enough to attempt someone else's quilt. Uh, like Sandra said, it's that's the hardest part for me anyway to get started was somebody's trusting me with their their hard work and I don't want to screw it up. Mm -hmm. So the machine that you're using today, is it the same one that you started with or have you upgraded it or anything like that? Nope, it's the same one, same Statler. Mm -hmm. um, how did you know there would be enough business available um, for you to run a long-arm business or were you looking at the money that you had saved by just doing the ones in front of you and that enough, that was kind of enough to justify getting a machine. Yeah, that was, that was mainly it. Um, I still work. Um, even now I still work, not quite full time, but, um, so I thought, well, this quilting could kind of be another way to another little revenue stream for me. Um, but then it quickly grew into, I, I work just as many hours on my quilting as I do on my my job now. So in fact, I hope I'm, my boss isn't watching, but anyway. <laughs> Sometimes uh, your revenue stream can turn into a revenue river. Yeah. Well, yeah. And sometimes you can feel a little like you're drowning. I have to learn to, you know, balance my time. That's probably been the, the biggest challenge is knowing when to cut off customers. Okay. I can't take any more because, you know, I've already got enough and who knows what life's going to bring. So you have to, uh, learn to balance your time. And that's, that's probably my biggest challenge, even to this day. It was a quilter that taught me the world's shortest sentence, which is no. Yes. I've always yeah. had a problem saying no. <laughs> so especially in the beginning, I feel like you think you have to take them because you have to, you know, get the business built up. And so I took a lot of projects on that looking back, I, there were a lot of, a lot harder than it should have been. Um, so now I'm getting a little bit more picky on what I take. So it, so it sounds like from the get-go, you have never had a problem finding customers. Not really. I'm real involved with my quilt guild, so I've gotten a lot of business that way. Um, one of my good friends works at a quilt shop, so she's she'll refer me to. Um, and then the t-shirt, you know, I always say I have two different customers. I have the long armors or the quilters, I mean, that bring me their tops to be quilted. And then I have the t-shirt customers who just drop the t-shirts in your lap and, you know, they're just thrilled when they pick it up. It's turned into a beautiful quilt. So yeah, I, it's, it's a, it's kind of a task to balance them both. Um, how did you come up with the money to buy your machine? Actually, I have a family member, my aunt, um, who helped me, my sister also. So it was kind of a family affair. We all kind of pitched in and purchased the machine so I didn't have to worry about a payment and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I was very fortunate in that way. When I got to that question, I realized that I forgot to ask Sandra that question. Um, <laughs> especially, I mean, the big purchase. Was, 
Huh? We had savings. Savings. Yeah. Turned it into a piece of equipment. As farmers are very best. familiar with turning their savings into equipment. Yep. He's got equipment that costs more than mine. Mm -hmm. So just instead of a tractor, you 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 got a, a Statler. He's got two tractors. There you go. <laughs> I think you got the better end of that deal. Just saying. Mm -hmm. Yes. So um Amy, uh how many hours uh, would you say you put into the quilting um like weekly uh, or whatever? Probably probably about 30 hours a week. Mm -hmm. Sometimes a little more. Just it kind of depends on what my my real workload, my business workload is for my paying job. Um some weeks, you know, it's really slow and I can do 40, 50 hours on my quilting. It just kind of depends. And with edge to edge versus custom, how's that balanced? Do you do all edge to edge or? 95% is edge to edge. The other 5% I call semi-custom um, where I might do, you know, edge to edge in the center and a, you know, different, something different on the borders. Um, I don't really sit, think I could say I've ever done anything that was just custom. Um, so that still kind of scares me um, to charge the money that, it demands, you know, that in order to make up for your time, you've got to charge for it. And that still kind of scares me. So I tend to stick with the semi-custom I felt. Well, yeah, I mean, you, yeah, I mean, you need to be bold about that because uh, it it is a lot more time consuming and effort and heart put into something like yeah. that. So I mm -hmm. I'm saying that not just to you, but to everybody watching, uh, don't be afraid to charge what needs to be charged. Sandra, you got something to add? To that? I, I limit myself to one custom a month. Mm -hmm. And the rest edge to edge. Good rule of thumb. Good rule of thumb. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I would tell people, um, you know, don't, don't be shy about that uh, because it, it doesn't matter. Um, uh, where they go, uh, it's it's going to definitely cost significantly more to uh, have something custom uh, done. So, you know, just for what it's worth. I think sometimes people, um, it has to do with the heart that they have in the quilt. Yeah. Um, it, it's not necessarily that this particular quilt needs to be custom or anything like that. But, um, you know, if I, if I want to give a gift, um, and I look at one thing that's a hundred dollars and something over here, that's $500, um, I might want to just give the $500 gift because, because that's where my heart's at. And I don't want to give the hundred dollar one. And I think sometimes with quilts, it's that way where, uh, the person uh, who's wanting to spend more on it, they just, they want to spend more because this quilt matters a lot. The recipient of the quilt matters a lot. And that's where conversing and, you know, interacting with your customers uh, comes in where it's very important. You can sense if that's something where their heart is, if it's worth it to them to do that. So if you is, have to have that time with your customer to determine really what, what the quilt's going for mm -hmm. yes definitely so amy what what is your um what's your rate uh currently for your edge your basic edge to edge and the same as sandra i charge two cents per square inch mm -hmm. okay yeah um and then um how many quilts would you say you do in a year um, in a good well, year and in a bad year, I guess. I'm a sales analyst, so I have the numbers here. <laughs> oh. That's my thing. So unlike a lot of people, 2020, um, it was a good year, but being that I work for suppliers that sell to Walmart and Sam's, 2020 was crazy busy for me. Um, my biggest account is a rice company. So I was shipping rice everywhere, not quilting as much. Um, so that year I did, where did it go? 89 quilts. 
And then I did 148 in 21 and 139 in 22 and 165 in 23. Mm. So, wow, yeah. you're busy last year. Yeah. And Sandra I think it just grows again, you know, as word gets out and quilters hear about you. You know, that's why I've never really had to advertise. I think it's just word of mouth. Quilters, if you do a good job, they're going to recommend you. So I think Sandra I'm... needs to get her uh, granddaughter to keep records like that for her. <laughs> I can't help it. I'm just a numbers nerd. So. <laughs> um, you mentioned the T-shirt quilts that you've done. Um would you say that that's like 10% of your work that you do or 50%? I have no uh, idea. Yeah, no, it's probably more like 40 to 50%. Wow. That's a lot of t-shirt quilts. That and is they a take, lot. They take more time because you've got to do the stabilizing and the cutting apart and the piecing because you're getting it from somebody who's a non-quilter. They, The most right. they can do is just bring you the shirts. They don't know how to do the other things. And you know, you've got a really good niche there because I cannot tell you how many people I have talked to on the phone, uh, either in tears or almost in tears because they're trying to do a t-shirt quilt and just, just can't do it. So it's yeah. Because they don't know what they're doing. They need right. to take a class. I've had to rescue quite a few, honestly. People will start and they have good intentions and just get in more and over their head. So they'll just bring it to me. I finished, I finished a lot. So it's been good though. I have a lot of high schools around here, around me. And um, again, word gets out, you know, all of a sudden I did one for a teacher. And then a couple of weeks later, I get a, another teacher that wants a quilt. And then the next thing it's, you know, three basketball players, the moms are bringing their stuff, their t-shirts over. So this actually this time of year is when I get I get a lot of t-shirt quilts be about February March I get inundated t-shirt and we have a question uh here uh asking how much you charge for a t-shirt quilt I charge by the shirt um and I have four different layouts so you know the first one is twenty dollars a shirt it's just the shirts right next to each other and then it goes up from there 22 25 and then I have a the puzzle random style, um, which those I kind of have to quote out individually. It just depends how many shirts and how big it's going to end up being, things like that. So, so Amy, when we, oh, go ahead, Sandra. Sorry. When when we do them on a complete commission job here, we start at five cents a square inch to uh, make the quilt, and then the two cents a square inch to quilt it. Mm -hmm. and that's just a basic design if they start wanting more then the price goes up there you go yeah. um so what's been the hardest part of growing your business actually the growing part hasn't been that difficult it's just knowing like i said how many i can comfortably bring in it's growing too much yeah, kind of. I mean, I don't, that sounds so conceited and I don't mean it that way, but, um, you know, again, life happens. I happen, I have a daughter who's has autism and an intellectual disability. So, you know, some weeks she needs more of my attention than others. Um, so I can't get as much done. So I really haven't had problem growing it. It's just, I guess, maintaining and not, you know, I, I hate to call a customer and say, you know, I'm sorry, I'm not going to get your quilt done. I need another, you know, three or four days, another week. So the hardest part for me has been scheduling my quilts in with my life, <laughs> if that makes sense. That makes very much sense. And and I can really relate to that. Uh, I think I have a similar situation to yours. I have a, a, a son at home, you know, with intellectual disability and it it can take a lot of time, you know, at diff different times. they Sometimes they might need a lot of time, sometimes not as much. And it sounds like the situation that you're in, this quilting uh, gives you a little bit more leeway and, and play in that schedule for that. Definitely, definitely. I've been blessed, all the people that I've worked for in the past, um, as far as on the 
sales analyst side, they understand my situation. I've worked from home. Um, she's 24. So I've worked from home the last 24 years. And it's always been like, as long as you get your work done, you know, we understand. So it's been nice to have that flexibility. I mean, I have to have that flexibility. Um, I did work in an office years ago when she was a baby and, you know, they don't like that. Well, I've got to go because she's having a meltdown or, you know, whatever. So it's, to me, it's been the perfect mix, if you will. Um, you know, I can work when I can, when I need to, um, I can leave and go tend to her things. And that so. is awesome. I, I yeah. can write my son is 24 too. So I uh -oh. can, yeah, <laughs> I have to do a, a, a matchmaking <laughs> thing here. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> we were talking about that yesterday. Well, your, your son has a, there's a girl interested in his son, but oh, yeah. the attention is not reciprocated. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> She's really not too interested and that's fine by me. Yeah. So it's, so so amy um is is there anything uh you haven't had your machine all that long you said mm -hmm. you started with customer quilts in 2019 the right. the um the question that i'm up against is the one about technology is if there's anything that uh that's made it easier for you now than when you started well i don't know the you know before creative studio I don't mean I don't know anything about that so I hear comments or read comments in the Facebook groups and stuff about how much better creative studio is and I'm like yeah it's awesome but that's all I know you know Talk to Sandra so she guess, can tell you <laughs> <laughs> yeah so honestly technological technical wise um I don't know I mean I have no complaints I it's all you've ever known she started in the golden ages. Yes. This yeah. is the good old days right now. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. So Amy, um, who would you say in, in your life and with quilting and everything is your biggest uh, cheerleader? Um, well, like Sandra, my family, definitely. Um, in the beginning, my husband wasn't real gung-ho about, you know, you're taking over the game room and you're bringing in this machine and what, you know, and people are coming to our house, what? Um, but you know, he sees that the freedom and flexibility that it does give me along with the extra money, he didn't complain at all about that. Um, so uh, yeah, my family, definitely. My and you feel like your husband's kind of come around as time is going on. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Considering we've been through two layoffs with he's oil and gas. So we've been through two layoffs and, you know, mm. this didn't replace his salary by any means, but it's definitely kept us afloat and you know less hard less hardships i guess mm -hmm. yeah we got a question from marcia she's asking uh and i'll ask it of both of you we'll start with amy but she her question was about what your average turnaround time is on an edge-to-edge -edge quilt how far backed up you are before you get it back for me it's about three weeks most often three to four weeks. If I get really busy, it might go into four weeks, but I try to stick to less than a month. Mm -hmm. Sandra? I pride myself in staying less than a month out all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a month's worth of quilts uh, sitting there waiting to be done is quite a few quilts. Mm -hmm. It might be yep. hard to sleep at night with too many quilts lined up. And I don't always sleep at night. And I live just across the road. And so one night I started to walk over here and I encountered a skunk and I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to do that again. I didn't get sprayed or nothing, but from then on, I just got in the car and drove over, but <laughs> I'd come over and quilt in my jammies. So, so it's, a good, it's a good insomnia uh, therapy. Yeah. I'd, if can't sleep, go get something done. Mm -hmm. So we, we touched uh, briefly on this, uh, Amy, as far as the, um, what kind of impact has uh, uh, the money and the ability to your scheduling uh, made uh, on your life with this quilting? 
Um, like I said, it's it's really helped a lot. I have to have the flexibility because of my daughter. Um, so that was a no-brainer. You know, this was something that I could do from home. And, you know, like Sandra, if you can't sleep, you can get up in the middle of the night and, you know, stitch out a few more rows or whatever. Um, and then, you know, financially, um, like I said, with my husband losing his job a couple of times, um, it didn't replace his salary, but it's definitely helped keep things afloat and, you know, not have that fear of, you know, what are we going to do next kind of thing. So it's been very helpful in that way. Um, and then again, with the community and the friendships, I mean, that's the biggest thing to me. I've met, I've met some of my best friends through quilting and I still say quilters are the best people, you know, they're give you the shirt off their back for sure. That is the truth. Yep. There are a few people that I've met in the quilting world and you wonder who let them into the club. They do not belong. <laughs> but but the vast well, you one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> no, I think Bobby's met one or two as well. Yeah. That's why I was looking at you. <laughs> we we there is no test actually. We don't have a, a real method of excluding people that don't belong in the club, but quilters are not the average population. Uh, they are some of the kindest and um, this world, if all the quilters were to suddenly disappear, I don't want to be here. I wouldn't want to be here if all the quilters were to suddenly vanish. Um, Amy, what's, what's something that you wish someone would have told you when you first started? Um. Hmm. Probably to invest in yourself. Um, and I have to remind myself of that too. Um, like the cool thing with confidence, you know, tours that came around or whether it's, you know, the, a lot of the other instructors um, that offer classes. I think that's very helpful. Uh, I think it's, I con consider it continuing education, just like you would if you were a CPA or a teacher or something, you've got to have so many hours of that kind of thing. I think that's really good for quilters too, because you're always going to learn. You're going to learn from someone else, you know, somebody does something different, but you can learn from that. Um, learn ways to, you know, speed up your process or how to handle the business end of it. So I think if I had to start over, I would probably like dedicate, even if it was just one or two days a month to just learning, just the education side of it. Mm -hmm. The training is so good that's out there. Yeah. Yeah. And I was about to mention, since you, you brought that up, uh, I run into that all the time. Uh, when I, I talk to quilters all day, every day that I'm here. And uh, one of the greatest needs I see, uh, one of the greatest benefits that I would see th them uh, benefit from is knowledge and education and uh, training. Um, I know uh, on the gamble.com website, uh, there's, um, uh, what is the title of the Quilting with Confidence? Well, no. the Quilting with Confidence. The new owner training? The new owner training. I can't, I, I'm at that age where I'm starting to lose my words. But um, yeah, the new owner training, it's um, it's just a, a course, a purchasable course with many hours of uh, videos and uh, it includes one-on-one uh, -on -one uh, time with some of the educators and uh i i would recommend that to any any of the anybody that's watching this uh to just avail yourself of, mm -hmm. of what's available one of the one of the things that uh a concept that somebody introduced to me a long time ago i don't remember when or where but the phrase stuck with me uh, uh so, which is to work on your business don't just work in your business and Sandra, when you were speaking earlier of the time that your granddaughter invested in um, in organizing the bolts of fabric and labeling them and stuff, um, it, no matter what kind of business you're in or what kind of job you do, sometimes you need to set your tools down and stand back a little bit and say, okay, let me look at my operation. Let me look at my process and see if there's something that I can do here uh, to to make it better, more efficient, or whatever, and that's where you're working. And that timing was perfect. On your she business. had the time to do it, and we were locked down, and no customers coming in, and 
I was still doing business on the porch, you know, but <laughs> it was just perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask one more question, uh, Amy. Um, if somebody has been watching this and, uh, you know, kind of seen some of your story and what you've accomplished, do you, what, what advice would you give somebody that wants to do what you've done? And uh, do you think it's, you know, uh, 2019 in many ways is a lifetime ago because of all the things that have been going on in society and everything. But do you think it's still possible in 2024 to accomplish a business? For sure. I mean, I wish I would have done it sooner, honestly. I really do. I wish I would have done a lot earlier. So, but it's scary. You know, it's, it's, it's an investment, you know, the machine's not cheap. It is an investment. Um, but as far as, you know, we looked at over the, over the years, we looked at franchises and things like that. And I thought, you know, I have to have set hours. If I do that, I have to be there from, you know, 10 to six or whatever. And I can't just, I don't feel like opening up today. I'm just going to close up. You can't really do that. Um, in this business, you know, I can, if I'm having a bad day or my daughter's having a bad day, you know, I don't have to quilt that day. Um, so yeah, I wish I would have done it sooner. I think it would have provided us a whole lot more flexibility and, and, and freedom a whole lot sooner. Mm-hmm. One thing about the gamble, it retains its value so much that that initial investment, if, if it doesn't work out, sell it, you know, and you get your money yeah. back. <laughs> and I'll be honest, I've looked at the, you know, some of those websites where people sell their machines and look up the same year that I've got. Wow. You know, it's practically what I paid for it. <laughs> so, yeah, you, it's, I don't want to say you don't lose, you won't lose your money, but it's, it's, yeah, that, that's true. They, they retain their value, uh, probably better than anything out there. Yep. Yeah. The, it, it is, it's important to buy a, a machine that holds its value because it, it, in much the same way. When I grew up, um, it was kind of, uh, uh, it was a cultural with my family and the the friends and everybody that we knew, you know, you wanted to, you know, you wanted to get an education, you wanted to buy a home in a decent neighborhood that would hold its value, you know, and don't spend your life renting and, you know, don't buy a trailer house on rented land, you know, because those, those just plummet in value. And I sometimes see people who are getting their 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 Statler order worked out, and they're they're selling a machine for five or seven thousand dollars that they spent thirty grand for, you know they had it scarcely just a couple of years, and virtually all the value is gone now, and um, and that's certainly different with with the Camel machines. Um, they're not cheap to buy new or used for sure, but. That's, it's the good and the bad, I guess. So. It's definitely been worth it. Definitely worth it. Mm-hmm. Well, we, uh, we certainly want to thank you ladies for uh, being with us. It's, it's been uh, great and um, inspiring as always. Um, before we go, <clears throat> um, do you ladies uh, have, uh, I don't know, a website or Facebook or any way that people might uh, get in touch with you, Amy? I do. Um, I do. My business name is Brookside Farm Quilts. And I have a website and Facebook page and Instagram, all that stuff. No TikTok, Brookside, everything else. Say that one more time. Brookside Farm Quilts. Okay. Excellent. That was the name of my grandparents' farm. So that's where I bet. That's where that came from. Okay. That's awesome. Sandra, what about you? My quilt shop name is By the Yard. It's named that because I'm at home by my yard. So, (laughs) (laughs) and bytheyardonline.com is my website. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Well, thank you both so much for being with us and for sharing your stories. We, uh, we see a lot of people who 
are in a situation in their life where long arm quilting really could be um, that next chapter for them. And it's realistically, it's anywhere from scary to terrifying uh, <laughs> because we're always more comfortable with the things that we're comfortable with. And the unknown is scary. And by, by opening yourselves up and sharing your stories, I hope that this will help uh, a few other people to have the courage to move forward and grab hold of that next chapter of their life. And I appreciate you guys both being here with us today. Thanks for having us. Thank you, ladies. Thank you for joining us today on Quilting Business Success. We hope you've been inspired by these stories of quilters just like you who have turned their dreams into reality. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. One of the best things you can do to support us is to write a glowing review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you're using to listen to the show. Those reviews help bring us up in the algorithm so that more quilters are exposed to our show. What would you like to change in your life, and what steps can you take today to bring you closer to the life that you want?